We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, how are we doing? Welcome to the show, IB Nation Sports Talk. We're up and running. Glad to have you with us here today. Sean Styers with Jesse Styers and uh, our old buddy, Salty Virginia Peanuts, has been in the house waiting for us for a while. He says, the Styers know you got to fight for your right <laughs> to party. Then he said he just had a hiccup in his lights. Jesse must be warming up his play diagramming system. It's sucking all the power off his grid. I think that's what you've been sitting there doing while we've been waiting to go, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm getting everything kind of loaded up and ready and going to give a good kind of overall breakdown of what I think, you know, what 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 we can expect out of BYU offensively um, and defensively before I got to head out for a couple of days of vacation. So looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. All right. Well, I see the viewership is a little bit light right now. And, you know, we always get a hard time from uh, regulars in the YouTube chat about not starting on time. And we started as close to six o'clock as we have started in a long time. And I'll tell you, when we first when I first started this show, I'll just tell you up front, Driscoll told me that he usually likes to wait a few extra minutes, you know, after six o'clock to kind of let the viewership build up, you know, let people get there before we get started, you know, so that's kind of, that's kind of where that came from. And I see more people trickling in right now. So glad to have you with us in the YouTube live tonight. And uh, we've got, as Jesse just kind of uh, teased, you know, the title of this show is Chalk Talk and and Jesse's going to bring in his chalk and his talk to both (laughs) sides of the ball in this Notre Dame BYU matchup in Vegas. Notre Dame two and two, of course, Coming out of the bye week, heading toward this BYU matchup in the Shamrock Series this weekend. And uh, the Irish, a three-and-a-half-point Vegas favorite going into the Shamrock Series Vegas game against BYU Saturday night. The over-under is 51-and-a-half points. And I tell you what, the last couple of games, I guess, at least you get a little bit better feel, you know, like if you're going to bet on Notre Dame you know, just in terms of spreads and, and all that kind of stuff. Those point totals, though, I still don't know. I, I did not see what was that when it was all said and done. 77 points coming out of that Notre Dame-North Carolina game last week. I had it a bit lower than that, but 51.5 seems fairly reasonable for this one this week. You were just telling me that, and and I agree after watching BYU and their game against Utah State last Thursday, that 
you know, they're they're probably not quite as explosive as North Carolina was coming into the game, but just a lot of similarities between BYU and North Carolina, really. Yeah, and that was kind of the first thing that I noticed up front is BYU loves to get into 11 personnel offensively. That's exactly what North Carolina was trying to accomplish. Um, and they are, uh, I, I would say, a better passing team or maybe a pass-first team, uh, even though their splits break down to about 50%, you know, evenly uh, pass and run. I'd still say that they're they're more of a passing team. Their, their chunk of their yards um, come through the air. Uh, but they, I think the, the main thing is, is yeah, they, they run a lot of 11 personnel. They do a lot of similar looks to what North Carolina does. I would just say that the difference between BYU and North Carolina is BYU is trying to develop more downfield as North Carolina was trying to hit some of those quicker, kind of shorter uh, intermediate pass routes. I think BYU likes to let things build. Uh, they're looking to hit kind of, you know, I, I would say 10 yard uh, pass plays more so than uh, North Carolina. But yeah, it's very similar to what they're trying to accomplish. The run scheme is predominantly the same. Um, it's just that they're, I would say that they're passing, they're just getting a little bit more depth in their routes. So, yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to be getting into it tonight. A lot of chalk talk coming up, doing that, some uh, breaking down of BYU. And again, uh, looking at both sides of this matchup here tonight. Before we do that, though, the the uh, the uh, the quick friendly reminder, smash that like button if you would. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff, whether you're on YouTube or whatever podcast platform that you might happen to be on. So we, we've got a lot coming up. Jesse's got a lot coming up. He's got his diagrams, his charts ready to go. It is Notre Dame and BYU. Let's start. What what do you have loaded up there? Do you have Notre Dame's defense against BYU's offense? Is that the first thing we're going to take a look at tonight? Uh, actually, I looked at it more of Notre Dame's offense against BYU's defense. Up okay. Front. I think that there's more to kind of unpack uh, that way. I think that defensively, you know, we'll go through a couple of things. But like I said, predominantly. Well, hang on, hang on. So I just want to see where we are then. So we're looking at Notre Dame's offense against BYU's defense first, right? Right. Okay. All right. So go ahead. You want me to load this up or you, or you want to kind of give your 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 thoughts before we load this up? Yeah, I think we'll do a little bit of a background here of okay. know, kind of some char- characteristics um, of BYU's, de- BYU's defense. And then we can kind of get into a couple of plays that I think would be advantageous uh, for Notre Dame to get into. So defensively, BYU loves to sit uh, predominantly in a 4 2 5 uh, look and oftentimes they will actually go with three down linemen and I think Notre Dame really needs to take advantage of uh, when BYU is going to get into three down linemen looks uh, BYU's defense uh, 342 total plays 60% have been run 40% have been passed against the BYU defense so that already alone kind of shows you uh, what teams and you know what film shows is their weakness they're bad uh, against the run. They're a bad run defense. Uh, they don't shut down the run very well. Uh, over their five games, they've given Hold up- on. Now, just, just so I can chime in here real quick to, to, to kind of back up statistically what you're saying. They're 93rd in the nation against the run, giving up around 163 yards a game, four yards per carry. And, you know, we saw, of course, Notre Dame explode for 287 rushing yards. Uh, in in the win over North Carolina, deducted for a couple of yards for the kneel down at the end. But the Irish are averaging more than 160 per, per game. And again, BYU is giving up 
163 yards per game. So like typically when you look at those averages, you know, you expect the, the, you know, if they're fairly similar like that, you expect the rushing offense to probably have more success against that defense, especially when you look Utah State netted 204 rushing yards against BYU last week. 147 of that came in the first half. BYU kind of limited them a little bit in the second half. You know, part of that was BYU got a couple quick touchdowns in the second half, and they were playing, you know, with the lead. So Utah State was not necessarily running as much in the second half. But then you look a couple weeks back in BYU's loss to Oregon, their lone loss of the season. They gave up 212 yards in a 41-28 to 28 loss, 212 rushing yards, and that was a week after Baylor ran for 152 against him. So so I didn't mean to, to like jump on top of you, but just wanted to kind of, again, back up what you're talking about with just where BYU's rush defense is statistically and kind of what they've done so far. I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee, especially since I'm not really a coffee drinker. But ever since we first tried trade coffee, my coffee-loving wife is not only hooked, but I've even started to drink coffee. And I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about trade coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. I've told you about our collection, the rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee, the full flavor of the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping at drinktrade.com irish. That's drinktrade.com irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
piggybacking off what you said, they've given up 163 uh, yards per game rushing. They give up about 176 yards per game uh, in the, you know, in the air. So it's a pretty balanced uh, what they're giving up per game rush and pass. But obviously the rush is considerably more uh, than it should be. Uh, like I noted here, poor run defense. They like to press their outside corners. Uh, you know, guys who are on the, I guess you could say the the furthest away wide receiver or the sideline wide receiver, if that gives you a better picture. They like to press up their corners um, on those guys. Uh, and like you said, another big note I made, uh, 37 to 38 to seven uh, against Oregon after three quarters in that in that loss that they took. So you know, after the third quarter, that game was predominantly uh, over 38 to seven. And like you said, 212 rushing yards, uh, but you know. Really, they lost 22 yards on one play, so I kind of bumped them up to 234. So a big run game. Bo Nix had three rushing touchdowns in that game, I believe, or, or, or you know, accumulated three touchdowns. So the ground game is what's going to beat BYU's uh, defense. And, you know, luckily for Notre Dame, they have a three-headed running back monster right now that they can use uh, in a variety of ways. So to lead off, I think that's what we should get into first is kind of, you know, the looks that Notre Dame likes to get into and how I think uh, BYU will line up. And it's it's really hard. I was talking to you about this before the show. You know, if I'm BYU's defensive coordinator and I, I looked at two or three different films, you know, and they're, they're still lining up the same way. It's I'm hoping for BYU's sake that the <laughs> defensive coordinator makes some adjustments because – you know, these teams are coming out with, you know, predominantly six guys in the box, six, seven guys in the box. Um, and BYU will go six guys in the box or five guys in the box even at times. So they're even getting outnumbered, you know, in the box pre-snap. So I think there's a lot to get into. But if you don't mind sharing the screen. Let's uh, do it. We'll Let's kind do of it. get into some some looks here right away. Uh, what do I want to go with first? So I think this one. Uh, I, the thing I wrote down in my notes, 21 personnel and 11 personnel should dominate uh, BYU's defense. And you'll, okay. see, you'll see why. So I really like just the, the standard 11 personnel uh, using, you know, your tight end as a wing. So right now we're looking at uh, balls on the left hash, two wide receivers into the left boundary, one wide receiver off to the right, uh, quarterback and shotgun, halfback split off to the left and tail or the tight end kind of a wing uh, to the right. So the reason why I like this is because BYU has consistently shown that an 11 personnel, they're only going to go with three uh, down linemen, which is very advantageous to a very strong uh, and powerful run game that Notre Dame uh, would like to, to run. And even off this play alone, you know, base play, there's a lot of, a lot of things that can be accomplished here. The, first of all, you know, the, what I like here is just a simple kind of uh, power play into the field. So the left guard will pull uh, this right tackle, will let go of this defensive end on the end. He'll run up to the linebacker. This pulling guard will reach this linebacker. Um, and then you have Michael Mayer kind of leading up what would be a give or a handoff this way. Uh, so you essentially have, you know, three guys uh, running out in front of your running back, uh, getting on two guys and then leaving your running back and tight end to kind of combo uh, this safety up here. So yeah, so I'll do I'll do the uh, the radio play by play here real quick because you get you get parts of it, but basically you've got Mayer as the tight end in the eleven personnel lined up as a wing slash halfback type guy 
on the right side of the formation. And you've got him, as you said, as a lead blocker coming out there. Then you're pulling the left guard out in that same direction and the right tackle goes up to block a linebacker. The right guard goes up to block a linebacker. And then you've got the running back coming out on that side. So, you know, you've got basically, you've got uh, more blockers than they've got defenders really yeah. out there because of the fact that they've got three down. Yeah. Because they're only going with three down linemen. And so that's what I'm saying of like this, 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 BYU's defensive alignment here is solely based off of what I've seen on film. Like I'm not just pulling, you know, putting these guys in random spots. These are, right. these are what they're showing on film. And I just, again, if they want to show, if they want to come out and three down linemen in this 11 out person, 11 personnel look, you, you know, Notre Dame should be able to punish them consistently with this power run game. Cause not only, you know, do they have the numbers advantage, but BYU is poor tackling BYU is poor, you know, just overall run defense. So when you have a bad run defense and you're already putting yourself at, a, at another disadvantage, I think it's a, a big opportunity uh, that Notre Dame could capitalize on. All right. So that takes care of, well, actually, I kind of want to stay into this, stay in this formation and get the most out of it. So let me uh, kind of undo some things. There's another good play that can be run out of this. Again, three down linemen, uh, exact same formation. Uh, but this time, what I would like to see is you get your left tackle up and seal the boundary side linebacker, your wing back or tight end comes across formation uh, and he's leading on the edge. And or then he just jet sweeps like he did against North Carolina. <laughs> right. A, a jet sweep. Uh, but what I'd like here is a, a quick pitch out to this running back and he's just getting behind his guys. There's a lot of open space over here to the boundary um, and again, your left tackle would reach up and seal this linebacker. Left guard would seal this end uh, over here. And then Tom or Mayer is just leading up, you know, essentially the on, leading the entourage uh, and, and the halfback is following him up here to what would be, again, you know, you have wide receiver on this DB, wide receiver on this DB. You assume Mayer can lock off this safety and you have a ton of room. Uh, to get a field like that, so again, or you just I, put one of the re, you know one of the receivers on the other side of the formation, and you you know run a clear out with the receiver who's on that side of the formation, and you've just got a lot of open room basically. Right, and so this is this is why I'm I'm I guess I'm shocked that BYU is still like lining up <laughs> to eleven personnel with three down linemen because against a very powerful, dominant, physical you know Notre Dame type of team they're going to get punished that way in 11 personnel. So just a couple of things that I liked out of 11 personnel um, and then going into 21 personnel. Again, another thing uh, that I think would be very advantageous for Notre Dame here. So we're looking again, left, left uh, balls on the left hash. We have wide receivers split out on each side. We have two running backs in the backfield. And then we have a tight end again as a wing uh, into the left boundary here. But here's, a very similar concept to kind of the last play that we showed. Um, and again, it's, you can see right off of the bat here, they have six guys. Um, oops, wrong button. Six guys. Oh, here we go. I promise it's right this time. Six, six guys. Floating. <laughs> yeah. Six guys in the box right here. Um, you would hope maybe that this guy, this, this safety would step down in some respects. And so you might be able to claim seven people in the box, but still that, that is, you know, seven, seven versus six or seven versus seven. And I would take Notre Dame 
uh, in that in that situation. But another play I like here uh, is you get your left guard pulling to the right side. You get Mayer coming across the right side. You get this, assuming this might be estimate, you bring estimate over here and you hand off to either Diggs or Tyree and they have a three man, <laughs> three little man convoy in front of them. Right. A three man entourage uh, to, well, to go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, here's my question because, you know, say, say they've got the, you know, Notre Dame's lined up with this 21, just like you're showing right here. And like You've said that you're lining these BYU guys up based on what you've seen them do against you know similar packages in uh, in their previous games. Do you think that because you know they're going to be assuming Notre Dame is going to be so focused, so predicated on running the football, would you expect them to you know to drop more guys down in the box from the start? Yeah, so I, I, I that's the main thing I was kind of looking at. If Notre Dame comes out in 21 personnel. I think that this this DB uh, has to, in some regards, uh, sink, right? And so this DB would come down and you get almost more, you know, like a 4-3 look. Uh, this safety would, would rotate over the top here. And then this safety or, yeah, DB safety, you know, whoever it might be, would also rotate over here because there's no reason to have three guys, you know, to one wide receiver over here. But that's going to be the game that BYU is going to have to play, right? Like if they want to bring an extra guy down, okay, then Notre Dame can start leaking in some some pass plays um, behind it. So again, like we saw against North Carolina, I think that you know establishing the run game early and then getting these safeties to kind of have to cheat or these linebackers to kind of have to cheat because you're so worried about the run. You've been hearing about the run all year, you know that. It's not, it, you can't tell me that they don't know that they're not great against the run, right? Like defensive coordinator has to constantly be telling them, hey guys, we need to be better and run. And so when they start running and they start bringing more people down here into the box, well, that naturally allows, you know, Notre Dame to get beyond these, beyond these safeties on play action, kind of like what we saw with Lorenzo style. So BYU has got to be very uh, conscious about what their priorities are going to be. So I think going for, you know, starting off, I think BYU is going to say, we want you to beat us with a pass. Uh, so we're going to limit your run. We're going to put more more people in the box. Right. And then Notre Dame has to find ways uh, to play off of their run and get some of these pass plays open. But like I said, if they stick to 11 personnel, BYU has not shown that they're going to go with four down linemen and 11 personnel. So hmm. you can spread them out and still kind of get some of those power concepts uh, that we were talking about. Very interesting. The question that uh, Tyler had, out of the three running backs, which one do you think will be more key to victory? And, I, you know, I, I, I think that it's hard to to say that one is is more key than the other, especially the way they used him against North Carolina last week. But I do love the way, or not last week, but almost two weeks ago now, but I do love the way that they've kind of used Chris Tyree and, you know, his his quick burst ability and everything that he brings them. You know, he runs hard every time he touches the football and his ability to, to win in space. I like the way that they use him more early on, and obviously we'll still see Logan Diggs probably mixed in, but I love the way they use him early. And then with, with the running game going the way they want, you know, then you've you basically got that closer, that finisher, and Audric Estime just bringing that big diesel heat in the second half and just punishing 
people. And so, you know, I guess it depends on how you look at it. You know, do you look at it as Tyree is more important because he's maybe getting some of the early yards or is Estime the big, you know, more important guy because the fact that, that he's finishing things off. So, you know, I don't, I don't think that there's necessarily a pat answer to that question. What do you think? I think that they work best in unison or harmony, complementing each other. So I don't yeah. think that there's any best answer here. Uh, I will say that me personally, I like to see estimate run between the tackle box and I like to see Tyree more getting off the edge uh, and using his speed more off the edge in an open space where he's got a lot of field and kind of some lead bo- blockers uh, to work with. So I, in regards to that, I would just like them to stick to kind of estimate you know, short down, big power between the tackle, late in game kind of back, uh, and then Tyree and Diggs as your kind of, you know, outside perimeter guys spreading the offense out a little, or sorry, spreading the defense out a little bit and using their speed off the edge more so. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at what they're doing right now, Estime for the season is averaging 4.9 per carry, and Tyree has his yards per carry up to 4.6. Diggs is still in that 3.1 but, you know, most of that comes from early in the season when he wasn't quite as effective before they really, you know, kind of switched up with what they're doing offensively. You know, he obviously didn't play in the Cal game. So it's, it's you know, most of that was from what he did in the uh, Ohio State and uh, the Marshall games. And then he was, you know, more a factor as a receiver, again, with that two-back set, whether it was 21 or 22 in the win over North Carolina. So... You know, just a, a difference in how they're using them, but they complement each other so well. You know, regard. You know, if if you're using two of the three at any given time, they just complement each other very well. All right. So, did you switch to uh, to the defensive side of the ball now? No, not quite yet. Okay, there we're sticking is, with offense. Okay. Yeah, there's cool. another kind of thing. I liked what I saw Utah State do against BYU, and it, it okay. It, it's very much reminiscent of what Notre Dame's trying to accomplish, and why I I like it so much is for that reason. So immediately pre-snap, uh, Utah State, and by the way, that Utah State game, Utah State played them very well, and minus uh, you know they threw a pick six on I think like their second uh, possession or third possession. It gave BYU kind of a cushion early on. And I don't think, you know, obviously by BYU won, but I don't think I think that game is even more uncomfortable for BYU if they don't get that early pick six um, in that game. So I think that that's something that needs to be factored in. And I think something that Drew Pine has done good as of recently is just, you know, playing safe football. Don't give BYU any more extra points or opportunities or those kind of situations. But I digress. We're going to get into another play here. So immediately Utah State, again, okay, I probably should lay out the formation. We are on the left hash, um, two wide receivers into the boundary, running back into the boundary, uh, tight end wing on the right, on the field side, and then a wide receiver split out uh, just beyond the hash. And this is a play that Utah State ran against them. Yeah, and it's very similar to to Notre Dame's kind of offense. So immediately the uh, far side boundary wide receiver, will come into motion uh, pre-snap. And (laughs) uh, I think why I like this so much, if I remember right, is – let me get to edit formation. This safety here and and this, you know, this corner, they did a bad job of rolling the coverage. Like this guy kind of stuck out through here when the ball was snapped. 
and the safety kind of was still stuck over the middle of the field. Um, but getting back here into the play, they send this guy into motion. They hike the ball. Um, and then there, they, there's two options here. They, they either hand the ball off, you know, and let all these guys get around the corner, kind of like what we were showing recently and kind of lead up, you know, as lead blockers or uh, what Notre Dame likes to do and what builds a lot of their plays here is you fake this handoff, you leak this guy, you know, kind of on like a, a maybe a five yard flood route and you can get mayor underneath that, or you can give them the option of, you know, an out or a streak kind of right up here. Right. Cause then you're putting this defensive back uh, into a bind, which can potentially lead to mayor one-on-one uh, -on -one with this safety as he's rolling over late. And I think that's a good matchup. Uh, that Notre Dame can get into. And again, it's a lot of what their offense is about, right? Motioning this guy, getting this easy kind of pass into the flat right off the bat. And this kind of plays off of what we were talking about yesterday and why pre-snap motion is so important in Notre Dame's offense is because immediately you can see, you know, what these defensive backs are doing in their coverage. Are they rolling it? Are they staying in man? Um, and at the same time, you're creating a lot of confusion uh, and you can get a favorable matchup, kind of what we were talking about here with Mayer, with these guys rolling over late, you can get him up the seam if you want on a one-on-one -on -one matchup, giving him that option. Or you can, you know, simply run the out here uh, and have an option route and make this this defensive back have to come down and beat you to the ball. So, again, another concept that I like based off of, you know, similar things that Notre Dame has done and uh, some of the things that uh, Utah State had success with against BYU. Yeah, uh, you've got a request. Uh, we are not Marshall wants you to drop the Statue of Liberty, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's just joking. But Brent said that, you know, by the way, he, he said Pine would pass for 300 yards, got damn near close with 289. You are right, but close does not win you anything if you're uh, talking about Vegas. So, but he did have a really good game, career high for him. And, you know, like, did you have anything more then? that you wanted to add Jess on, uh, on Notre Dame's offense? Um, I think that that wraps it up offensively. So if okay. we want to shift gears to defense, I'm more than willing to do that. I just, I'm afraid that like, like I kind of opened with here, you know, North Carolina's offense is very similar uh, to BYU's offense. So I think we'll see a lot of similar things, uh, you know, from the defense. Uh, and I, I can kind of go through what I think, would work well, best. Um, I just wanted to start with this. BYU's offense, like to kind of put it into perspective, North Carolina's offense was averaging 310 passing yards a game going into that game against Notre Dame a couple of weeks ago. BYU's averaging 293. They're rushing for 152. They're throwing for 293. And then you compare that, you know, like what Brent just said there, that, that Pine passed for 289. That's a season best for him. And, you know, in the meantime, BYU is averaging 293, you know, so obviously a pretty big difference in the modes of operation for these two teams offensively. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of going through uh, the BYU offense breakdown, uh, you hit a couple of those points. They love 11 personnel. Uh, they've run 330 total plays, 53% pass, 47% run. So, you know, pretty, pretty balanced out in those regards. They're giving up, like you said, around, or they're rushing for about 150 yards a game. What I noticed is that 314 of those, their chunk came against South Florida in their first game. So I kind of took that big chunk out. And if you take out that chunk, they're only averaging about 112 yards a game. So I know it's, it's not, 
you know, you can't just take away a big game like that, but you know, big first game of the season, kind of maybe poor opponent, you know, they, they ran for 300 yards, big run game. But since, since that South Florida game, uh, they're only averaging just over a hundred yards a game. And then, like you said, they're averaging 293 pass yards a game. Uh, they've thrown for 13 touchdowns that, that equates to about two and a half passing touchdowns per game. Uh, they're not, I know that they, they have good running numbers, but in my opinion, they're not a good run team. I don't think that they're, a, they're definitely not a run first team uh, against Utah state. I consistently saw their offensive linemen getting blown off the ball. Like uh, their heels, you know, are a yard, yard and a half be, or, or behind the line of scrimmage against, you know, a Utah state team here we're talking about. So I think that Notre Dame can provide a lot of power with their defensive line and blow these guys yeah. um, off the ball and blow up a lot of plays really, because like I said, uh, you know, they, they want to pass the ball. They want to spread you out on offense. And that's kind of shown here on this, this three by one formation that they're they're that I have kind of drawn up uh, right now. They're spreading out a lot of their wide receivers. You know, right now we're on the right hash with one wide receiver into the boundary on the right, three wide receivers to the play side field. One of them's obviously going to be a tight end, but still they, they want to spread you out. They want to get, you know, use the entire kind of sideline to sideline length of the field. They're, they're not compact. They want to spread you out. Um, and we talked about this too. I think you have to make them one dimensional. If you can take away uh, their passing game and make them run and make them throw the short passes underneath. That's really how you're going to beat them and how you're going to accomplish that, you know, taking away their, their long ball, because that's what they want to do. They're not, they're not North Carolina. They're not, you know, they're not looking for timing routes, one, two, three drop, you know, get the ball out. Uh, a lot of initial reads. They, they want to throw a, a, around 10 yards per pass. They want to get their big chunk plays. Uh, but, you know, for, for defense like Notre Dame and the secondary success, uh, that they've had, I don't think that that should really be an issue uh, because they can disguise coverages. And I think cover four, uh, getting into a lot of cover four well, might be something that that helps them. I'll show you why, because this this is just uh, a very, you know, one of the many routes that BYU has shown. Obviously, I can't, you know, draw up the, <laughs> the passing tree for all their different concepts because sure. they run a lot of different plays. Um, I know this guy right here says linebacker. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to switch him to a defensive back. That's a defensive back. So how they get into quarter or quarters coverage, you drop this DB um, straight back. I think I have the right. Yeah. You want to drop this guy straight back. Uh, your other DB on the field side, straight back. Uh, your DB or your safety, you know, boundary side will drop towards this area of the field. And then your last DB will drop uh, straight back. The DB in the boundary will drop straight back. So you have a quarters look. And then you give your three guys here underneath kind of the ability to, you know, combo the anything else that, that comes underneath. You're passing along, you're sitting in zones, you're sitting in holes. Um, and I think that that's ultimately what's going to, to get to this BYU offense is because, like I said, they want to throw deep. And so how do you do that? You take away the deep ball. I think a lot of what we'll see is kind of similar to how NFL defenses have slowed down Patrick Mahomes a lot in the past, right? Like, we don't want to get beat with the deep ball. We want you to throw everything underneath. We want you to prove that your run game can work. Uh, so I think for the secondary that it would be very advantageous because, again, BYU is trying to accomplish downfield routes, routes that take a little bit of time deeper. You get into this quarters coverage. You take into or you take away some of these deeper shots. You force everything underneath. Um, and then what you can do also is with this five-man uh, five kind of box, maybe six, What's hard is 
when when teams split out three wide receivers like this, you put a lot this linebacker in limbo. It's probably one of the hardest things I think to do because you're responsible to guard, you know, this wide receiver, but then also sneak down here in the run game for anything that comes off of that. So it's a really in between uh, kind of player. But what's good here is you can do a lot of things of maybe, okay, we'll blitz this guy off the edge and then this guy's kicking out this way. I just think if you're going to run kind of this quarters look or cover four, you have to do things to to get uh, pressure on the quarterback. You can't let him sit back there all day, especially well, when they're looking to, to let routes develop. And I think for the most part, you know, you talked about their offensive line. They did not play well, I didn't think, against Utah State. They haven't given up a ton of sacks, though, this year. I think it's only seven sacks that they have allowed, but you know, again, like who they've played, I think, has factored into that as well. They play, you know, they 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 played Baylor and they played Oregon, a couple of of good teams there. But you know, the the rest of their you know uh, competition has been a little bit different. So I think that Notre Dame's defensive line should be able, you know, to to get a lot of pressure by themselves. But you obviously don't want to put it just on them. You know, bringing bringing pressures and and things like that are going to be important as well. And uh, Chi Town is asking if if you're playing a lot of cover four, wouldn't you be giving up a lot of short passes in that situation? Yeah, so that's obviously you know the the what an offensive coordinator adjustment would be if you see a lot of cover four. And I'm not saying you know stick to cover four predominantly. I think cover four provides uh, a good look, but another good look is cover three, and that can be accomplished really doing the same thing. So say you know they start hitting some of those underneath plays or they're getting kind of three, four yards a rush because uh, they notice, you know, you're kind of dropping back deep. What What is easily fixable with the defense that Notre Dame runs, uh, instead of, you know, you have your two corners essentially take it and cover three, take the third, and then you have your free safety take the middle of the field, uh, and then your your strong safety can kind of walk down here a little bit and what, what would create more of like a 4-3 look and add kind of another player underneath that would help in the run game if, you know, if that, if that became a problem. So I would see, I would expect a lot of, you know, in the beginning cover four. And then if, if things start to go bad uh, or you're getting kind of burned on those underneath routes or kind of quick screens or, you know, some quick hitting run plays, then you would see more of this strong safety kind of work his way down and work into more of a cover three look um, at that point. But I just think that BYU's offense largely relies on the big play you know, the eight, nine, eight, or I'd say, I would say like eight to 15 yard window in their, in their routes. Uh, so if you can take away those and force more of a shorter game, I think BYU would be in well, for a long game. And that's what I was going to ask you. So their leading receiver, Keanu Hill, 16 catches for 329 yards. So that's 20.6 per reception. He is uh, number one, you know, in case you didn't pick up his name in the broadcast last week. So He's averaging over 20 yards per catch, you know, so that is big play when you're up there over, you know, 18, uh, you know, per catch and above. So specifically with him, you know, because it, it sounds like, you know, again, maybe you're willing to give up some shorter stuff if the trade-off is you're not giving up 20-plus yard pass plays to a guy who's used to, to, to reeling in a lot of 20-plus yard passes. Yeah. And I think that's, again, that's kind of like what BYU's offense thrives off of, you know, they get, they get themselves into kind of long down, long down, you know, situations and kind of have to rely on some of these intermediate or sorry, longer passes. And I think 
Brent Smith made up a really good point and kind of why I've been excited uh, about Prince Kali is because I think that in a game like this, he's someone who could have uh, a really good game, you know, assuming that he's ready because in that Rover position, you're asked to basically, you know, be a dual threat. Can you do, can you, can you succeed in coverage, uh, you know, and, and cover downfield a lot of, you know, like, like we saw, like, like you see Micah Parsons do, he can cover a team's best receiver if he needs to, but at the same time, he's a, you know, a, a force to be reckoned with physical in the run game as well. So that's a guy, that's a situation where you'd like to see Prince Kali maybe in the future, because he's not quite ready today, you know, talking because of, you know, inexperience and that kind of things. But again, he would be perfect for that kind of position where you're rotating between cover four and cover three, uh, because he is so good in the past. If you need him, athleticism, keeping up, you know, good speed, but then also physical enough to to help out in the run game if he needs to. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, Keanu Hill, 16 catches averaging over 20 yards per catch, but then you've got a guy, they've got four different receivers who are all like Cody Epps, 21 catches. He's only averaging 9.4 per reception. You know, and this is a receiver. Their top four ball catchers are wide receivers. 9.4, that is, you know, move the chains possession type receptions. He's not a get down field guy, but then like you were talking about, they've got a couple of other guys, Braden Cosper and Chase Edwards, both around 15 catches, and they average basically between 13 and 15 yards per catch, you know, more manageable type stuff. So, you know, again, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, their offense, like to me, just watching some of the stuff North Carolina was doing prior to the, to the game against Notre Dame. And again, it's against, I guess, lesser competition, but it's not like Utah State is, you know, supposed to be, you know, a whole lot better than, than, uh, what uh, what North Carolina was playing prior to Notre Dame, but their offense good in spurts, but it did not seem overly consistent. What we saw last week against uh, BYU or uh, against Utah State, anyway. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know what you were talking about? They struggled against a not very good Utah State team. You know, is that, you know, a credit of just not not coming up or, you know, playing above your competition's level, knowing that they're kind of, you know, not not quite as good. But Utah State blew them off the ball. So it's like it's not it wasn't just a matter of, you know, maybe some missed tackles or some poor reads or that kind of like it, it was physical effort in which they were getting blown off the ball. So I, I really <laughs> to, to wrap this all up, 
I think if Notre Dame does exactly what they did against North Carolina, I think that they can score just as many points and give up even a, a less amount of points yeah, uh, than too. what they did against North Carolina. So I, I really <laughs> – I don't see BYU as a, a huge threat as long as Notre Dame does kind of what they're supposed to and they build off of what they did against North Carolina. I agree. You know, I I, I think that this this should be a game that that – I think early in the season, well, I'll say after after BYU beat Baylor, that definitely caught my attention. But then they turned around the next week and just got pushed around by Oregon. You know, and like I said, Oregon ran the ball for 212 yards against him. So I see this as a game where Notre Dame could very well be up over that 200 yard rushing mark once again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just crazy. I think the stat that jumped out to me the most is BYU's defense team. You know, the opposing offense runs the ball 60% of the plays. You know, that just doesn't happen by accident. Everyone kind of sees the same things and, and and the flaws in BYU's defense. And it's not to say, you know, BYU's secondary is obviously the strength of their team, but Notre Dame can still do a lot, you know, have some success uh, against the secondary. But it largely uh, is predicated by controlling the run game first. I think that's going to be the MO to Notre Dame's offense this year is establishing the run game early, letting the the pass game develop off of it, and then finishing teams off with that kind of power, eating up clock uh, uh, running style that SMA has towards the end of games. Yep, I agree. I agree. All right, good stuff. You got anything else to add before we uh, wrap this part up? Uh, I wrote down in the beginning here, uh, they are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I think that they easily cover the three-and-a-half. I think this is... Uh, I think you could bump that up to like nine and a half all alternate spread the Ooh. 51 and a half over under. I think that that's easily hit uh, just off of, I think Notre Dame will give up maybe around 17 points. Uh, so then that leaves, you know, the remaining 35 to be scored by the offense. I think that that's largely doable. I think it'll come down to that line. Uh, it'll just be a matter of if Notre Dame's offense puts up, you know, a, a consistent amount of points. So uh, I'll take the, I'll take the over for that. Uh, and so, yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk about a little bit of the, the lines and where I saw those those uh, going. All right. So you're in favor of Notre Dame in both both cases then, really. You like that three and a half. I think I do, too. And, you know, again, wasn't really sure how I would feel about that. But after seeing more of BYU in detail, feel really good about that. Still, I mean, you make a good point that this should be a game where Notre Dame should be able to score some more. Again, they'll give up some points, but probably fewer than North Carolina. I would agree with that. So that, but that, that 51 and a half seems very realistic once again as well. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can buy that. All right. Great stuff. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for joining us tonight. Remember to hit that like button on your way out. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, comment, whatever you do, just do it. It helps out Irish Breakdown greatly. We will talk to you later. Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Peace.